Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin Studio stand. Sin extends this respect to the traditional custodians and people of the lands and waters our content reaches. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. We are about to jump into a bit of a chat, a bit of a conversation with the wonderful Paris 404. How are we, Paris? Hi, I'm feeling good. I'm really excited. Thank you, you three, for having me on. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Really appreciate um, people like you, art, young artists like you coming on to Sin. That said, Paris, thank you so much for coming. First of all, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you three. Um, this is my first live radio interview I was telling you, oh, guys, wow. you before. Um, so I thought I'd come in and it'd be more comfortable and it really is you three awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm keen as. I'm honoured. I'm, I'm very honoured. I'm very honoured. It's uh, It always feels special as like, as, as a radio host, it always feels special when, when someone comes, is doing really cool things. Like, oh, this is actually my first live interview, you know? It's yes. always like, oh, dang, nice. nice, nice. <laughs> you know, so we, we, we've got you here because, uh, because of an upcoming single you've got coming out called Bad As You, but first I want to get to know you specifically. You know, we were talking a little bit off air about you come from the Southeast and how you've only kind of just started coming to events and gigs like that, but where did your journey with, with just music and, and, and beyond that, specifically R&B come from? Like, wh- wh- where did that journey originate? Well, music, music's always been a part of my life and I know that that's the case for most, most musos. I came from a family where my dad, when I was a baby was a house and dance music producer, oh, wow. um, which was really cool and different to what I do. I have done a few features and stuff like that, but a lot of R&B in the house, a lot of everything. But I think that what stuck out to me and my siblings, my brother, was these R&B sounds. And when I started singing, I found that I loved singing those types of vocals and I love the harmonies and I love the romance of some R&B and I love, you know, all of it. So yeah, it came from home and then I had to work for years on developing my style and what I liked about it. Mm. So yeah. Oh, cool. When it comes to kind of falling in love with R&B in those early days, was it kind of through house um, with how certain house songs will have like really, um, like they'll have like a really iconic R&B or kind of soul feature on it or, or sample or did you kind of find it separately from the house, the house kind of music that you kind of would have come up around? Well, a lot of the tracks that my dad was producing when I was young and that I kind of grew up listening to, listening back, were with these really beautiful, amazing powerhouse soul vocalists on it. Mm. And now that you say that, and it does make me think maybe that's where I did find that soul R&B, make that connection because there was just these incredible women vocalists. And yeah, I find myself trying to channel that in some of the music that I make and especially performing live. So, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And so when you talk about kind of developing your style, who are kind of some of the key voices that were your kind of influence? Like, I want my voice to sound like, or not even sound like, but I want it to feel like this person or this person. I want to take elements from this or this. Who are some of those kind of main main people that come to your mind? Well, as far as as far as my my voice and, you know, singing from from a kid to becoming a young adult, really finding how I wanted to sing and how I wanted, I've always really wanted to dig deep for my tone and find this. And I think one of my vocal inspirations is Tony Braxton. Nice. <laughs> just that, like, that tone that you just feel it and kind of weird, but I think of, like, 
when I'm singing like blunt singing, like not just straight, just kind of tone and um, so yeah, Tony Braxton. As far as like modern influences that I've listened to in the past few years and that I like try to channel in my music would be like a Victoria Monet, like nice. just those types of beautiful vocals. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and her, her last album as well, Victoria Monet's oh. album, Jaguatsu, wow, great. Um, it's been nice seeing her kind of actually get the shine that I feel she deserves, you know? Yes, I agree because I've, I've listened to some interviews and podcasts of hers and just such an incredible songwriter, which is mm. also inspiring. Like I'd love to like delve into that world more. But yeah, she totally deserves that that spotlight and she's incredible. Mm. Well, on the topic of songwriting, I mean, what are, what are some of your favourite things? You, you said you like the romance of R&B um, and you just said that you want to delve into it. Like, like what... When it comes to actually um, singing songs, like what what are some of your favorite things to sing about? Are you the type to any kind of excuse to to sing, or do you or is um do you kind of have to emotionally connect to what you're actually singing as well? That's a good question. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, you do this for. Um, uh, I'd say well, writing songs and practicing writing songs from young. I was kind of all just fake scenarios because I was a kid and what was I, was I falling in love? No, I was kind of maybe, maybe had crushes, but um, I think that as far as writing songs now um, and in the last year, and it's just been, I think a lot of the songs have been from straight up experiences mm. and then I'm kind of either exaggerating a little bit or, you know, playing on the words, making double meanings, things like that. But yeah, as far as as far as songwriting for me, I still like to come up with like little different fake situations that I've probably never been in for the sake of the song. But yeah, I feel like I do I do love writing about love. <laughs> and I feel like sometimes you just can't get away with it. But there's just so many things to say and it's, it's how I feel. It's absolutely, feel. absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 one it's like it's a it's it's a subject as old as time, but it's it, it's never gonna get old. It's never, it's never gonna get old, no. and and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker, I'm a sucker for a good love song. Well, on the, on the topic of kind of going from songwriting, what, what was the process like for um, your upcoming single, Bad as You? What's the, what's the journey with this, your debut single? So, Bad as You, um, Bad as You stemmed from an experience, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't the best experience, and I think, you know, it was a situation where I was like, um if you want to play games and I can play games too. Like, and that's what the kind of, when you listen to the song, um, the lyrics are like silly, but you want to do things you shouldn't be. I think you're underestimating how bad that I can be. I can be about you. And that's actually totally not my nature. <laughs> I'm not a revenge girl. I was more of a like cry in my room girl about that situation. <laughs> but when um, we were kind of picking apart the song in the studio with my mate that produced it, he was like, you know, this is kind of, we can make this lighthearted and playful. Like, this can not be about, you know, you've done this, I can do this. It can be like, I can be as bad as you. Like, mm. you know, and that's kind of how that song came about, which is funny. And I love, like, I love a double meaning in a song because yeah. I listen to songs all the time where I'm like, you know, they're singing about a specific person or they're singing about an experience, but I feel that feeling. And I know that Bad As You is more of a playful, fun funky little track but you can still like once the song's gone like it's not mine anymore it's everyone's like mm. everyone can interpret it how they like and that's like the beauty of it yeah absolutely absolutely is it um 
Has it been like, uh, it's a, from how you're talking about it, it sounds like you're kind of at a very peaceful, excited, and optimistic place. Has it been scary um, kind of preparing preparing your debut single like that? Or like, has it, like, what what's the kind of feeling been like in the buildup of actually releasing it and, and, and releasing music? Like, were you wanting to hold on to it more? Are you generally someone who, once I've done it, get it out? Like, what, what's, what's your kind of process like with that? Well, this one, this particular track and um, a couple of the tracks that will be following them following bad as you up um, were we kind of started I started writing them almost a year and a half ago and been chipping and chipping away at it and as far as bad as you this is my debut as the act Paris 404 and this is kind of like it took so long because um, I just wanted to be patient and take my time with this is my introduction as an artist. This is what I want, the whole project, the undertone. Of course, there's going to be songs that are slower or might be a little bit deeper or whatever. Um, But at the start, I wrote it and I was like, I was just nervous. (laughs) You know, I I don't know what anyone's going to think, but, you know, I've had lots of conversations with friends and it kind of comes down to just make something that you want to, that makes you happy and you're happy with and, a starting point like songs they're only going to get better and um they're only going to reach more people and yeah it was just so sorry I rambled a bit but it was it was a slow process to get it out but now that it's out um there's some follow-up singles that I'm really excited to share too so yeah I was getting a little bit impatient but then I just reminded myself this is the process and like timing is just what it is so, yeah. Wicked, wicked. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really excited for the listeners to hear it. Before we go, well, two little things. One, um, who, you said your mate who produced it. So who, um, just, just so, just for the listeners so they know, uh, who, who did produce this as well? My mate, Jeremy Fellis, produced this. Nice. And um, yeah, he's doing some awesome stuff himself. And we really, really workshopped the, the songs that we were working on. Really helped me develop this sound. Um, and he's great. You know, does um, some dance music and house music. And he's got some... Um, awesome acts on his own label as well which is really cool so yeah shout out to him because we really spent a long time together workshopping this sound ate so many skittles and lollies just went (laughs) through everything in his studio so i owe him for that too probably shouldn't have reminded him about that but um (laughs) yeah it was my mate jeremy no amazing amazing And, and where can people find you um where can people find you online pretty much everywhere you can listen to bad as you on on any of your preferred streaming platforms. You can listen on Spotify, on Apple Music. Um, and there's, besides Bad As You that's out now, there's a track called Heat, which I featured on, um, it's my mate Hitch's song, which is more of an electronic house song, which I've also been loving doing vocals for tracks like that too. So if if that's your flavour, then there's that option too to have a listen to. <laughs> no, wicked, wicked. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, you've got a gig coming up next oh, weekend as well. Yes. Keen to hear about how you feel about that. Also, if you don't mind speaking on it, like how performing's been for you this year as well as Paris 404. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, performing has just been awesome. Like, it's been so much fun. Um, in the last couple months since since the release of Bad As You, we did the release at the Nightcat, which was just such a vibe. I had my band with me um, and, yeah, we had some guitar and drums and even my mate played some sax on some of the funkier tracks. It was just perfect for the night guy. It was such a vibe. Um, so shout out to my agent for hooking that up. Love you. Um, <laughs> and we also, I did a, done a gig at Howler recently, hopped on a bill at Howler. Um, and now this Saturday, 
coming up the 21st. I've got a gig at the Brunswick Arts Bar. Um, and that's with my mate Christian Foyle who's going to be on guitar. We're going to do some kind of acoustic loopy versions of my tracks and um, just have a good time. It's It's been heaps of fun. And I had a bit of a hiatus from performing before the release launch of Bad As You because, yeah, I was just nervous and I was, you know, getting my project together. And now I'm just absolutely loving playing it live, just having a good time mm. with the audience, with my mates, playing on stage with me. Yeah, it's been really awesome. Amazing. And it- also, sorry, Brunswick Arts Bar is a free entry event. So come nice. down. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, how long have you been performing, by the way, actually? I didn't get to ask that before. Performing, I think my first performance was an open mic when I was five years old. Nice. Which is like... <laughs> Couldn't even remember it, but there's been a lot of performing over the last 19 years. And um, now just these live shows I'm playing at the moment just feel so right, Mm. which is, I think, what I've been working towards, which is really exciting. Incredible, incredible. Well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very excited to get down there if you can. I know it's going to be a really great time. One thing we like to do, uh, well, actually two, two little questions. One, from your experience... And I feel like the answer maybe might be obvious, but obviously we're to get your thing. Well, do you, do you feel like Nam slash Melbourne has a taste for R&B from your experience now as an artist inside it? Do I feel like Melbourne has a taste for R&B? Yeah. I feel like the taste is getting stronger mm. and I'm loving it because I feel like Australian R&B and it's just so underrated. And, you know, Absolutely. I know that in Australia, sometimes it's kind of artist break in America first and then Australia, like, oh yeah, they're Aussie and we like them. I would just love to see more Aussies supporting Aussie Amen. R&B now. Amen. Like, let's get, and that's what I've been doing, and get to as many gigs as we can, like as many, just all all genres, but especially this, like, soul and R&B. There is some incredible, incredible talent, and it's it's in the suburbs where we all live. Like, where it's it's your neighbour. It's your best <laughs> friend. <laughs> it's the southeast. Like, it's... um. It's incredible, like, and I'm meeting so many people at the moment from the southeast and from everywhere. But you know, I, I'm going to see them at shows in the city and gigs in the city or bars, and I'm like, hold on, like, I know you, and I didn't know you had that in you. Like, mm. let's let's just get behind each other. This it doesn't dim your light by like helping other people shine. I'm so for that. I just want to see everyone and back everyone. And yeah, let's let's put Australian R&B soul on the map. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> Paris for, for everyone. That's, uh, that's the mentality we need. No, thank, amazing, thank amazing. 